Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest droughts and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace. When fears are stilled, when striving sinks, my comforter. the world by darkness slain, then bursting forth in glorious day, up from the grave he rose again, and as he stands in victory, since curse has lost its grip on me.
We have stragglers out in the hall. We're going to ask you guys to come on in now. We have a board update this morning, so I don't want you to miss it. So if you're out there eating, hurry and shove it in your mouth and come in. <laughs> we don't want you to miss out. We got a great announcement this morning. So come on in and Miss Jane, you want to come on up, Jane, and we'll get you in place. Hopefully we'll... Um, have some people coming in. You guys out in the hallway, I don't know if they can hear me if, if we're out there, but you guys need to come in. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> All right, Jane, here you go. I'm going to try to talk a little louder this time. Um, I'm going to read it because I don't want to miss anything. Um, but good morning from the board members here, and um, we've been all meeting together quite a bit and working hard, and we have a sh get to share an update with you this morning. We're so excited to announce that just in the past few days, a transitional interim pastor has been selected for us, and he and his wife have agreed to come for up to nine months to stay as our on-site pastor. Um, um, their names are Pastor Ben and Kelly, and they've been in the ministry for about 35 years as pastors, and upon retiring, they felt led to join the interim pastor program to help Nazarene churches in transition. Their first Sunday here will be March 13th. We are in the process of preparing the parsonage to move into, and I'm sure you all have many questions. Um, so more information will be made available as we receive it um, soon, hopefully, to pass on to you regarding the couple and the transition interim pastor service program. They will be meeting with the board members and staff by Zoom meetings until they arrive, and we hope you are all looking forward to meeting them too. I think they're preparing a video on the big screen up here uh, to share with the congregation soon here in the next couple weeks. So you'll get to kind of meet them up close and personal on the big screen, and they'll tell us a little bit about themselves. This is an exciting time for our congregation moving forward. Stay tuned for more information as it becomes available. March 13th is just around the corner. So um, hang on. Thank you, 
Nice. Okay, so that's awesome. We are excited about that. Be in prayer. We need to be praying over this and over our transitional pastor and their travels and, and the ministry that he'll be bringing here and our church growth and all that good stuff. So it's exciting. We have lots of things to be excited about because God's moving. And, and I love that. I love seeing God moving in our world, in our lives, in our church, in our friends and family. It's just an awesome thing to watch him. He is alive and well. I wanted to also make sure I remind you guys, on Wednesday night, we have prayer meeting, and we want to make sure that you guys feel invited and welcome there. It is super important for us to be there as a church, so we want to include everyone, and we want you to, to know that we miss you when you're not there. So um, please make it a priority. Please come. This church is a praying church, and we're seeing God do things. He's doing it, and it's because we're praying. So we want to make sure that um, we continue to do that because that just lines us up with everything he's going to do. It lines our hearts up and it lines our, it aligns our minds up with him and what he's going to do. So we're excited about that. Let's see. Uh, I think that's all the announcements for this week. So let's stand and let's pray and we'll start to worship Jesus. Lord Jesus, thank you for this morning. Thank you for all these people that have come out this morning, Jesus, to come and meet you here. Your spirit has already been here, and you've already been moving. And, Lord, we want you to loose your Holy Spirit in this place, and we want you to feel welcome here because we know you won't move unless you feel welcome. So, Lord, open our hearts up and our minds up to what it is you're going to do. Help us to anticipate and to look forward to what you're doing in here. Even if it's things that we need to deal with within ourselves that you're trying to deal with, Lord, you take care of that, and let us just enjoy you. And for now, I just pray that these praises that we're singing to you, you will be um, just pleased with your kids singing how much they love you this morning and just enjoying your presence. So we thank you for being here, Father, and thank you for moving in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. There's revival and it's spreading like a wildfire in my heart. Sunday morning, hallelujah, and it's lasting all week long. Can you hear it? Can you feel it? It's the rhythm of a gospel song. Oh, once you choose it, you can lose it. Cause there ain't nothing, there ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. I got a note Turn the mountains that I can't climb Oh, you 
scripture to you guys. It's Romans 12, 11 through 13. And it says, wait a second, I got to make it bigger. <laughs> Jerry's back there laughing in my ear. <laughs> I love it. But it's true. So it says, never let the fire in your heart go out. Keep it alive and serve the Lord. When you hope, be joyful, and when you suffer, be patient. When you pray, be faithful, and share with God's people who are in need, and welcome others into your home. So, isn't that awesome? I love that scripture. Such good direction for us, and I'm excited about that. And are we excited to tell people about Jesus? Are we on fire to do that? Are we on fire to tell people there's hope? There is hope out there. And even people that may know Jesus can kind of lose that hope sometimes. They just feel like they are just buried or your feet are stuck down in the mud. Have you ever put your feet in the mud in the river and you can't pull it out? Kind of feel that way sometimes. There is hope. But we need to encourage people around us, and we need to love them through it and walk with them. And so that's, I thought that was a great verse, Romans 12, 11 through 13. Wanted to share that with you guys this morning. So we're just going to continue to worship and be joyful. Till I 
Oh, would you guys turn and greet each other? If you see someone you don't know, please make them feel welcome. Tell them you are glad they're here. about this song the other day when I was getting ready and getting the books all together for the worship team. This next song we're going to do just made me think of this song. It's from Rod Stewart. <laughs> Surprise! So let me, listen, let, me, uh, let me get you guys' attention. <laughs> Are you guys here? I need a ruler. <laughs> I need a ruler like a teacher on the board. That's awesome. I love it. A year ago, we were talking about this at staff this week, that a year ago when I would ask you guys to greet each other, you would stand and stare at me like it was the scariest thing in the world. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're not doing it. <laughs> and now it's like raining you guys all back in, herding cats, getting you back up here. I love it. You guys are loving on each other and that's awesome. So it's good. So now I got your attention. So as I was getting the books ready this week, I, this song popped in my head, and I didn't know why. And it's from Rod Stewart. Do you remember the song? Have I told? Oops, I can't do it with the keys in my head. Told you lately that I love you. Do you remember that song when it came out? So the verse is, have I told you lately that I love you? Have I told you there's no one else above you? You fill my heart with gladness, take away all my sadness, ease my troubles, that's what you do. Isn't that what Jesus does for us? It's pretty awesome to think that that song applies to what Jesus does. And there's so many people that if it applied to someone that is horizontal, that person is going to let us down at some point. It's just not going to always stay like this. But Jesus will fulfill that forever, and he'll never let us down. And I thought that was pretty cool. So it makes me want to tell people more and more about him. Tell them about, well, my Jesus, he can do this, and he can conquer that. And he never breaks a promise, and he never lets me down. And I love that about him, and I want everybody to know that. And sometimes we forget, but you know what? He doesn't. He knows. He knows. So it's exciting. I wanted to share that with you because I thought next time you hum that, because I'm sure somebody will hear that down the road, they'll go, ah, that's my Jesus. That's what he does. So we're going to talk about our Jesus. Are you past the point of weary? 
Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all it's stealing. And you're desperate for some healing. Let me tell you about my Jesus.
that you have made the decision to join us today. My voice sounds so much more sophisticated when that sound system comes on. <laughs> and you can hear the depth of my baritone. It sounds better. Man, that's crisp. That's nice. Uh, an announcement before we receive our offering this morning. And I want to ask uh, Tracy if you'll come and join me here on the platform. Some of you may not know Tracy's name, but you have seen her because she plays keyboards for us sometimes. And have, have you ever heard the, the, the uh, old saying, when it seems like nothing's happening, something's happening? And sometimes in a church, when it comes to things going on and we wonder, well, is anything happening here? And uh, the reality is things have been happening. And today, I am introducing Tracy to you as our new children's pastor and director. She officially begins tomorrow. So this is your last day of freedom. Yeah, so she begins tomorrow. Her husband, Trevor... Normally he's here. He had to work today, so he couldn't be here for this important announcement. But I'm sure you'll tell him when you get home <laughs> that you're a children's yeah. pastor. But I want to pray for her. And as I do, I want to invite Scott. Would you join us up here, a member of our staff, Scott, our youth pastor, Lori, our worship leader, and members of the board that are here. Would you come and join me here as we pray for her? Just gather around her. And uh, we'll pray. Our Heavenly Father, we bow in your presence today, giving you thanks for the privilege of seeing another ministry launched, seeing another person who's willing to step up and take that responsibility. And Father, I pray for Tracy today. I ask your blessing upon her and your anointing upon her as she embarks on this new responsibility, at least in this church. Father, I know that she has served in this role in other places, but Father, this church is different. Our, our challenges are no doubt different, but Father, you have given her a call upon her heart and life. You have placed within her a desire to love kids and to to point them toward you, and I pray that you will be with her and help us as her congregation to be supportive of her and encouraging her, to be uh, those who would volunteer for those places, those positions where she needs some help. I pray, Father, that you would help us to be that kind of a church to her, that we would gather around her, that we would be near her and keep her in our prayers. And Father, I ask your anointing upon her as she embarks in this position now, in Jesus' name, amen. Would you give Tracy a hand? Thank you. Thank you, Tracy. Come now, and we will receive our offering. Thank you so much for your faithfulness to your church during these days, and uh, thank you for your generosity. 
May I also mention to you, I was, I'm so excited about what Jane shared with us this morning about the new interim pastor. One of the things that I've been mentioning to you is what we need is a leader and not just a preacher. And this person will be bringing that to you, someone who's on site and will be here to work with you throughout the week. I'm not doing that anymore. haven't done it for a long time. So I'm excited that we're moving in that direction. And uh, I will be supporting this person as you will. My understanding is he comes from a large city or close to a large city. And I'm thinking this is going to be a fun transition for him <laughs> to live in the mountains and uh, uh, away from, uh, well, you know, you got to go to the Springs to go to Hacienda, Colorado, you know. <laughs> Though I think it's interesting that our town has four Mexican restaurants if you don't count Taco Bell. You know, so we've got plenty of those. Ushers, would you come now and let's receive our morning off. If we get one more, that'd be great. Thank you.
can come running to you and you will listen to us and you already have an answer. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. You have been faithful even when we haven't. We don't deserve it and you still give it to us. Lord, your love for us is incredible. I just pray over every person in this room right now, Jesus, that they will feel you in some personal way this morning, that you got them, you got their back, that you're not walking away, and that they can crawl in behind you and trust that you're going to guard them. Lord, we're getting ready to learn more about you through the word. I ask you to just cover Pastor Tim and in your anointing, Lord, surround him with protection this morning and let him speak your truth to us like he always does, Father. But Lord, would you just tear off a new layer that you can get down deeper into us? We have purpose in this life, and that's to get to know you more, to become closer to you, and to tell people about you. So Lord, right now, in this time, in this space, we want to learn more about you, and we want your spirit to just swirl all over. Our attention needs to be on you, not on distractions, not on things we have to do later today or this week, not on hurts and difficulties that we've been going through, but just on you. So would you help us, Lord, help us to focus, protect our minds and our hearts, and let us only hear you. Jesus, we love you, and we ask this in your precious holy name. And all God's people said...
leave my place. I needed it. What do you think, Jerry? There I'm good. It just kind of comes and goes at its own desire. I think it's me. I think I'm the one. There is some kind of uh, uh, problem chemically between me and this microphone. It's allergic to me. So, uh, you know, we should have done a DNA test on this guy that's coming in to make sure this microphone works for him. But we'll see. I am uh, pleased this morning to have my family with me, my wife, two daughters, four of my, four of my favorite grandchildren, you know, and, and the, the, the handsomest three of my grandsons, the fourth one who's not here, he's pretty average. But, uh, but uh, it's great to have them. Our daughter Amy, who's there on the end, lives in Parker, and our daughter Stacy, next to her, lives in Wichita. Her husband is a colonel in the Air Force at McConnell Air Force Base. And uh, she has three children, and our daughter Jamie has two, and it's one of her sons that bailed on me today. And I'll be taking him out of the will, but uh, other than that. I truly am excited about the future of your church, our church, because this is where we belong, whether I'm preaching here or not. Sometimes when I'm not preaching here, you don't see me here, but it's because I'm preaching somewhere else then. But it is a joy to see this next step taking place, and I'm excited to meet this family, this couple, and uh, welcome them to be our, not just our preacher, but our leader for uh, the next period of time until we find that senior pastor that we're all excited about finding. God has a person somewhere that he's already beginning to stir in their heart. And that person doesn't know that they're coming here yet. Oh, won't they be surprised? <laughs> It'll be great. I want to invite you back with me this morning hand in my pocket, it makes me look so casual, you know, Jerry, I'm going to go with this one, testing one, two, oh, that's even better, I sound like Trace Atkins on this one. Two passages of scripture I want to draw your attention to this morning. One is back to the same verse that we will have used now for three Sundays in a row. And that is 2 Corinthians 7, 1. You don't necessarily have to turn there. But that's the passage that we're going to use as the foundation or our launching spot. Again, for what I want to share with you this morning. The other passage of scripture that I'm going to use, passages of scripture, come from uh, the epistle of 1 John. Not John the Gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but 1 John, which is further back in your Bible, more toward the book of Revelation. So you might want to stay. Uh, uh, you can listen to 
2 Corinthians 2, uh, 7, 1, but you might want to keep your Bible open to 1 John. And it is that verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, that you've heard me share with you now for three weeks in a row. And it says, since we have these promises, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness in the reverence of God. And there are two words in there that we have flirted with through this series, one being purify or purity, and the other be perfection, perfecting, or perfect. Both of those words are difficult for us to get our arms around in many ways. Some of you, especially you old preachers in the crowd, might be familiar with the name Leonard Ravenhill. Ravenhill was a fire and brimstone preacher. He was one that you probably have never heard. I never heard him, but I have read his books. And just reading his books will put me under conviction sometime. Not guilt, not some kind of fake guilt, but a conviction of wanting to draw closer and be more like God. He's one of my favorite old preachers to read. And Leonard Ravenhill says, the greatest miracle that God can do today is to take an unholy man out of an unholy world and make that man holy and put him back into that unholy world and keep him holy. Wow. See, when I read that verse that talks about perfecting holiness in the reverence of God, it is easy for us to focus on the word reverence and think, well, I'm reverent toward God. I bow before Him. I worship Him. I pray. But the word reverence means more than just some kind of respect. In reality, the word reverence in that setting means love. Perfecting holiness out of love of God. So today it's my intent to kind of wrap up where we've been on this series for the last couple of weeks. See, see, holiness is not something that is experienced in a vacuum. To be God's holy people. It is part of our everyday life, which is what Ravenhill was saying to us. Holy living is lived in relationship. Relationship with God and relationship with your fellow man. So today I want us to look at two additional concepts of holy living. One that I would call the holiness miracle. And the other that I would call the holiness monitor. And I had to look hard to find that word monitor. Because that's a different word. Because what I really want to talk about is warning. But... The only word that I could find that was synonymous with warning that started with an M so that there would be some alliteration there was the word monitor. So monitor. The holiness miracle. The holiness monitor. And the miracle comes in the fact that God loves us. And because He does, He makes it possible for us to love Him and to love one another. But how can I know God loves me? Well, it was how I ended the message last Sunday with trying to explain the fact that God tells us that He loves us. And He was the first to say it so we can feel comfortable in saying it back to Him. 
He has done everything in his power to get a message through to you or to me that says, I love you. It was in a sermon titled, The Witness of the Spirit, that John Wesley looks at 1 John. And he looks there for support, for insisting that our love for, our love for God, our love for God, your love for God, is a response to God's love. And Wesley goes on to say that this love is actually felt in the heart. It is not something that you hope for or wish for or imagine. Wesley says, and we believe the Scripture teaches, that there is the testimony of the Spirit within your heart, within your life, that lets you know God is saying to you, I love you. And Wesley quotes 1 John 4.19 where it says, We love Him... We love him because, why? What is it? Because he first loved us. And last week, last week I said that the Greek manuscript actually reads, we love, we love because he first loved us. God is not explicitly mentioned as the object of our love in the original Greek. It doesn't say we love him. In the original Greek it says we love because he first loved us. That's not to say that God isn't included. But the immediate context of that statement, not to mention the larger setting of 1 John, suggests that we love one another. We love one another because God first loves us. Well, what difference does it make to read 1 John 4.19 as referring primarily to our love for one another? I mean, so what if, God's, if, if John's message is not so much that we love God because he first loved us, but that we love one another in the Christian community because God first loved us? Well, that verse provides a foundation for Wesley's thinking on the nature of God's love and how that love can be this transforming, healing, perceptible perceptible power, a power that we actually experience. We perceive it. And I've called this, for the sake of this message, the, the holiness miracle. The miracle that we can actually love one another because God first loved us. I heard years ago, and throughout my life, I guess, this statement. Well, I love you, but I don't like you very much. And I used to struggle with that statement because of my nature, where I just want everyone to get along and love one another, and everything's going to be hunky-dory, and it's all going to be great. But finally I came to the realization that there are some folks, I mean, I had to admit it, and I didn't want to admit it. But I had to come to the place where I admitted that there are some folks that I actually do love in the generic sense of the term. I mean, I love them and I want them to go to heaven. But I don't actually like them very much. Can I get an amen? 
<laughs> let, me, let me get political here for a moment. And don't anyone say a word, breathe a word, say an amen, put your hand in the air. Don't say anything until I finish saying what I'm going to say here. I love Mitch McConnell, but I don't like him very much. That's great. Keep quiet. I love Nancy Pelosi, but I don't like her very much. I want her to go to heaven, want her to have a good family, want her life to be nice. But I don't like her. I, I, I want Chuck Grassley. I love him. I want him to go to heaven one day. I mean, I, I, but I don't like him very much. And I love Chuck Schumer enough that I want him to go to heaven one day. But I don't like him very much. Now, all four of those, two of them were Republicans, two of them are Democrats. And I do want them to go to heaven one day. Sooner the better, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> now, now, that's not a political statement. That's just... I love them enough to want them to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want their life to be blessed. And I do want them to be able one day to stand before God and to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. I don't know how that happens. I just want that to happen. But as I, as I look at those four, two Democrats, two Republicans, I think to myself, anytime I see them on, a, uh, on an interview and some bit of news coverage on TV. Listen, I, I do have to say to myself, how do those people get elected? You know, I'm not, I'm not being political. It's just a question. I, I, why don't I get off that subject here for a moment? Yeah, I'll just move on. You hear what I'm saying? I love them. I care about them. But I don't like some things about them. And sometimes we are in that situation with people that we're around, not just some that we see on television. And you know what? I, I had to come to grips with the fact that after pastoring four churches over a period of 38 years and then serving as an interim pastor in 16 different churches, I've had people in those churches that loved me, but they didn't like me very much. I can't figure out why. I mean, I'm a very likable person. But there was something about me that just rubbed them the wrong way. But I can come back to First John and I can supplement Wesley's notion by thinking about the transforming power of the Holy Spirit in a different way. And this way takes with utmost seriousness the importance of a local church congregation, you and I. And it would be impossible for me to share with you what I'm sharing with you this morning if I were only pointing fingers at other people. 
But the problem I face so often when I preach is that I'm as guilty as anyone else. I'm just the guy who has the job to stand up and say, this is what we're doing wrong. So before you curl up in a fetal position back there and think I'm taking shots at anyone, I just want you to know that I'm dealing with stuff that's convicted my heart, even the past week, even while working on this message. There are some repeated themes in 1 John. 1 John 1.1, hear what it says. What was from the beginning? What was from the beginning? If your Bible's open and you see those three words, from the beginning, just underline those. What was from the beginning was the Word of God. Now that was the divine Word that has been heard and seen and touched in the person of Jesus. Because that Word was a human being, Jesus. It was perceptible. It was the perceptible Word from God. We could perceive it. Then you look at 1 John 2, 7, and it says, An old commandment from the beginning. Same three words. A new com- an old commandment from the beginning is the word that you have heard. And then we move to 1 John 3, 11, And it says, For this is the message you have heard from the beginning. That you should love one another. From the beginning. And at this point we begin to learn the nature of the command or the word that we have heard from the beginning. And when we look at the message of John's gospel and then here at the first letter of John... It should come as no surprise that his message, this communication from God, is is most essentially that we we who are disciples of Jesus are to love one another. And some of you are probably thinking, Pastor, why are you going to seed on this idea? Because we've heard this since we were children. Love one another. Love one another. But we don't pay any attention to it. Now look what has been said from Scripture. Just what I've read to you this morning. God's grace is perceptible in the word of life that dwelt among us, Jesus Christ. God's word was from the beginning, meaning perhaps the eternal heart of God before this universe existed and everything just hung on a black backdrop of nothing. Or it is the word or message, and it is the word or message of love one another. You see, you take this book and you boil it down to two statements Love God because He first loved us and love one another. Love God, love one another. Because the same letter that tells us that God is love, in that same letter it only makes sense that God's word to all who believe that God is love is that we should share in that divine love with each other. 
The love of God in Christ is to be the love that is visible through us and touchable and experiential in the fellowship of any and every Christian congregation. And what Laurie said a few moments ago is something that I have noticed in you, and you may not have perceived it. But in the last four to six weeks, there has been a noticeable change in the life of this congregation. It has been different. The morale has been better. The passion has been stronger. The joy of being together has been heightened. And there has been a sense of wanting to be here because we get to be together and we get to worship the one we love. I grew up... As I've mentioned to you a number of times through this series, I grew up in a small, ingrown, legalistic, insecure, probably dysfunctional church. And in that little church I grew up in, we knew far more about gossip and backbiting than we did about loving one another. And yet, as I look back on the people in that church, they were good people. I loved those people. But we were missing it. This whole idea that we love one another, not because we necessarily like each other, but because God loved us first, then we love one another. And the core nature of holiness in the church I grew up in was those five things that I've talked to you about the last two weeks of rules and purity and being set apart and perfection or whatever the pastor's latest burr under his saddle was. That's what became defined as holy people to us. But it was never in my memory presented as love. And so as a result, I guess those of us growing up in that little church thought that everyone else just kind of got it. They had it all figured out. Because they would stand and testify in church. Now, for some of you who don't understand what I just said, there were days when we were all younger, when we would go to church on Wednesday night, and I'm guessing the pastor didn't have a Bible study ready. And so he would say, we're just going to open the floor for some testimonies this evening. And people would stand up and share where they were in their walk with the Lord. And how many times I heard someone stand up and they would use words that were very familiar in those days. I'm saved and sanctified. And I'm a 14-year-old kid and I'm sitting there thinking, what? Wait a minute, let's run that back. Because I know the things you said to my parents. I know the way you treated our pastor. Wait a minute. Okay. But I didn't understand this thing about loving someone but not liking them very much. And so I would become somewhat judgmental. And they said they had had some wonderful, transforming, life-changing experience with the Holy Spirit filling them. And I thought, man, if, 
if that's it. I'm not sure I want that. And so, they shared the testimony, and they walked around and out the church, and I'm sitting there not feeling very successful because I'm trying to get to the place where I could stand up in church and say, I'm saved and sanctified. But I didn't understand Because I was trying to follow the rules and I was trying to be perfect and I was trying to be the kid that was set apart. Oh, what I didn't understand was how much God loved me. Just me. And it wasn't because of what I had done or what I thought I would do or what I hoped I would be. 